a running app that was uh, around a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Only you. <laughs> but I just, I love it. Power to live more with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future, but rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Today, Joe is really excited to be interviewing Cathy Brown, the Executive Director for Engage for Success, the National Movement for Employee Engagement which is where Cathy and Joe first met, when Joe initially volunteered with them three and a half years ago, and now they both work together on the core team, and Joe classes Cathy as one of her closest friends. Whilst putting together the introduction to Cathy, we had a look at her personal website, which is capabilitybrown.com, and aside from all the work that she does, speaking and rep presenting engage for success all around employee engagement she also says that she's a morris dancer that she aims to maintain and enhance the cultural richness of society and have a damn good time whilst enjoying a misunderstood subculture which is own distinctive costumes music and practice she also says that as a human being she aims for wisdom she says she misses often but Joe doesn't think that's true, that she tries to laugh every day, love a lot, do her best, bake good cakes. Joe could definitely testify to that one. Keep her feet up and smile. Back to the studio! So I'm really excited to uh, introduce to you today Cathy Brown. Hello Cathy, thanks for joining us. Hi Joe. pleasure to be here. Really good to have you here. So firstly, why don't you start by telling us a bit about uh, who you are and, and what you do to put a, put, put a bit of context around your your life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you go. My name's Cathy Brown. I'm 47 years old. I live in Shrewsbury in Shropshire, um, but some of the time I also live in Lichfield in Staffordshire. And that's because in a, I, I don't know, a very modern way, I live across two households these days. So my son, who is 16 and is called Ant, um, lives with me a week on, a week off, and we live in Shrewsbury. And my partner, John, and his son uh, lives in Lichfield, so I spend lots of time there. I do a, a job which I absolutely adore. I work for Engage for Success, which is the National Movement for Employee Engagement. Um, and that takes me out and about all over the country, uh, visiting people, visiting organisations, um, raising awareness about the benefits of employee engagement. So I also spend a lot of time in cars and on trains. Does that help to set a picture? That does, and I guess in hotels as well. 
Yes, yes, plenty of that. (laughs) Brilliant, excellent. So let's start by thinking about what a sort of typical day is like for you. And obviously yours Mm -hmm. changes because you're in different places at different times. So I'm really interested to find out first what what you do in the morning. Do you have a morning routine? What's a typical morning for you? Um, I, I do, and it does vary depending, obviously, on where I am. So if I'm in a hotel, then everything probably goes by the board and there, there isn't much of my routine that I can hang on to. But when I'm in either Shrewsbury or Litchfield, I do try and keep things reasonably consistent, although that gets changed by the fact that I actually get up at different times in both houses. So if I'm in Shrewsbury, then... Um, I will generally try and get up somewhere between half six and seven. I tend to wake up naturally about 20 past six or so. And I I quite like getting up at that time in the morning. It generally means that I've got half an hour to an hour to pot around um, before uh, Ant gets up for college. These days, him being a bit older, that doesn't involve me having to get him up as much as he used to. (laughs) And um, so I, I like that time in the morning. And sometimes I use that... Um, if I'm busy at work and, and I want to get a start on the day, sometimes I use it just for me. I might actually go outside. Shrewsbury is a beautiful town for anybody who knows it, and I'm very lucky to live right, right by the river. So on a morning like this when it's sunny, I quite like to just be able to go go out for half an hour. But the very, very first thing I do when I've got up, potted downstairs, is I like to start my day with a big glass of sparkling water with some lemon juice in it. Um, and that just sets me going, really. And one of the things nutritionally I do these days is have a little bit of salt in it as well. Some very posh pink Himalayan rock salt. Um, and I, I just like that. So I'm not a, a particularly coffee first thing in the morning person. I don't tend to eat straight away. It'll always be a little time after I've got up. So I just like that lightness of having my big glass of water, looking out in my garden, just seeing what the, what the world is looking like. If I'm in Litchfield, then quite often I'm um, getting up and getting off for an early train. So I'll be up slightly earlier, um, always with a glass of water, but everything else tends to be leading towards leaving the house at half past six and getting down to the train station. About things like sort of meditation and all the stuff that gurus are telling us we should be doing, do you do any of that sort of stuff? mindfulness? I, I don't tend to in the morning necessarily. I, I've been flirting with mindfulness for a long, long time now since I did um, a, a course for responsible business leaders at Henley Business School. Um, it's probably about five years ago now. And one of the things that they introduced me to there was meditation with John Kabat-Zinn, who, who I do think is wonderful. And I've read a number of his books. And when I do meditate, it's one of his guided meditations that I tend to use. Um, less so in the morning for me. I am far more likely to do that later on in the afternoon to to probably de-stress after a day or particularly if I'm on trains I'll very very often do it on a train on the Mm -hmm. way back home Um, so not morning part of my ritual for me yeah and what about the evening then so maybe it'll be some of that mindfulness stuff what what other things do you do do you have a particular routine for calming down in the evening yeah I love to cook Um, And I find cooking particularly relaxing. And I mean, I know many people who do not, my own mother included, Um, but I I do. I I like, I like chopping the veg. I like the whole process of cooking. I I absolutely love feeding people, which I suspect is probably my um, Jewish background. So my Jewish grandmother was always very much eat, eat more. uh, And she would show how much she loved you by the fact that she was feeding you the moment that you walked in the door. And so very much if it if it's not a day where where I've got to cook, then I will really notice that. Um, I mean, I haven't 
ever really done sort of processed food and ready meals. I just really enjoy the process of, of making food for, for both me and whoever is around. And um, that's a bit interesting when I'm over in Litchfield because my partner also loves to cook. <laughs> uh, so, we, <laughs> so we fight in the kitchen about who's going to cook tea. Not quite um, so calming so then. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so usually it depends on which of us has got home first, uh, which is fine. Um, but then the other difference we have between the two house, households is that my partner John and his son Tom are vegetarian, proper vegetarian, no fish or anything like that, and have been uh, for many, many years. Uh, my son Ant and I are not vegetarian, although I enjoy vegetarian food. However, uh, my beloved offspring eats no vegetables <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> so eating as a family is always a little interesting, um, especially as I now eat gluten-free. Um, but because John and I actually enjoy food and food preparation and cooking so much, actually we've chosen to look at that as a as an opportunity rather than an obstruction, if you like. So we, we explore new ways of cooking and new foods and all sorts of things that we can we can eat and enjoy preparing together. Um, and of course, we, being parents of teenage kids, we've got all sorts of stuff going on in evenings as well. So probably less of a routine in the evening because you just never know when you're being a mum and dad taxi somewhere, mm. really. Yeah. It's interesting about the cooking because I have read some articles about exactly that, as you describe, using the cooking process for that whole mindfulness mm. piece that um, you can really sort of, you know, be calm and, and lost in, in what you're doing for when you're cooking, which 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 is interesting. I, I, I think I have had that sometimes myself, but uh, it's probably uh, not, not quite in the same way that, that you do, although... I love the way that you're very positively thinking about the challenges of cooking for a, a, a family with lots of different <laughs> dietary needs rather than seeing it as a as a difficulty. So uh, a good way of uh, turning it to, to your advantage and making sure it uh, doesn't become a problem, given it's something that you enjoy so much, I guess. Absolutely. And I mean, at the moment, John and I are both trying to um, walk more and be more active. So our evening routine definitely includes a walk together. And that's quite nice as well, because we sort of debrief from the day and all of those odd bits and pieces that have been in your head can come out if we, go, we can manage to go out and do, do a couple of miles walk. And then if I'm here in Shrewsbury, I try and do the same so that uh, I, you know, occasionally I manage to drag out with me, but it, usually if I'm here, that can just be by myself. And I, that, again, that's really useful because it stops me sitting down in front of the telly and sort of mindlessly flipping between Facebook and Twitter all evening, which I'm perfectly capable of doing if I'm not careful. <laughs> so putting something in that distracts me from doing that, you know, makes me feel better about myself, is, is obviously healthier for me. And, and when John and I are together, it gives us that opportunity to just... I'm saying debrief from the day and uh -huh. I need to do this you need to do that we must talk about this at the weekend all that sort of good stuff yes yeah and um I, I use walks to listen to podcasts do you do you do that mm -hmm. I, I don't tend to um I if I'm walking and I'm outside uh, obviously in the open air then I I like to be more present in my surroundings. I do listen to podcasts increasingly these days but I tend to do it in the car or on a train mm -hmm. um rather than rather than walking. Walking particularly, I do really, really like to feel connected to both the world and the people around me and that sort of thing. Yes, yeah. Cool. So let's think about how you manage what you do every day. And it sounds like you have a, a really busy life and a, a really sort of hectic schedule of, a, of at least yeah. uh, needing to know where you, where you need to be on a daily basis, never mind what you need to do. How do you do that? What do you mm -hmm. use to manage that? 
Um, I think, well, the, the key tool that I use to manage across uh, sort of all of the households, if you like, because obviously there's also working out what Ant's doing in the weeks that he's not with me when he's with his dad, so his dad needs to know what's going on. Um, and the same with John and his ex-partner and Tom. So Google Calendar is absolutely my saving thing. We manage all of those arrangements for where the boys are, where they need to be, when rugby practice is, all of my meetings on a on a set of calendars that obviously all of us can see or not see depending on who needs to see which bit of it. So um, I mean for years and years we managed most of that on a spreadsheet which was yeah okay fine but doing it on Google where we've all got access to it and John can put in when he's working on a Saturday and all of that sort of stuff is just absolutely invaluable um, and the discipline there is making sure you put everything in and we do try and sit down once a week and just sort of run through the month ahead and just try and remember that we have put everything in that we've talked about um, and one of the things that John and I do together um, that uh, to our delight absolutely horrifies both of our children uh, is the fact that we are we belong to Shrewsbury Morris and we are I'm a Morris dancer and Johnson is a musician and plays with the Morris band um, and at the moment we're right in the middle of dance season and that means that we've got a program of dancing that we obviously also have to manage so all of that has to go in the calendar and that means that you know when I come over to John's on a Sunday for the week I need to know whether or not I'm bringing Morris kit um, next week for instance I need to make sure that I've got all of the Morris kit and my passport <laughs> why? <laughs> pray tell <laughs> I do We've got a nice little weekend in France planned for the two of us <laughs> over oh, the back holiday weekend. Lovely. Um, but it's just remembering that obviously I'm an hour's drive away from where everything normally is in my house uh, and so therefore using the Google Calendar and planning ahead properly for where I'm going to be in a, in a week's time is, is just paramount. So I do it on a Sunday, I've got a block of time on a Sunday afternoon that I use to say right where are you next week? Where does everything need to be? I've got a checklist of things that I need to take with me um, because it's hugely frustrating you know, if I get over to the other house and you know I've forgotten my charges or you know whatever else it is. And some things you can have in both houses that works really well. Some things is just not practical to do that footwear, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> so if the boots that I'm currently wearing are not the ones that I need with me for the week. I need to think about everything, all my work gear, John's instruments if they need to be in one house or another. So yeah, yeah. Absolutely, Google Calendar for me was just a joy. And now that everything's sort of linking more together, I've, I've flirted with a number of productivity and sort of task management-y type apps over the years because I'm, I'm very tech savvy, I think, and I, I do like a good gadget, and so I've been downloading apps forever. But I think Todoist is definitely the one that's working for me best at the moment. I've tried various others, uh, and because it integrates so well with Google, and so my work email integrates into it. It works beautifully on my MacBook, and then that means I can put all my iCal stuff in it as well. Um, so for me, I think that one's probably working the best. Yes, um, and uh, my current yeah, favourite, so as you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you talked about um, checklists of things to take. Do you use anything particular yes. for that, or is it just a piece of paper? 
at the moment that's a piece of paper. Um, what I tend to find is that um, I become unfortunately blind to the bits of paper eventually. So at the moment it's a bit of paper stuck on the back of my front door, which of course has just become absolutely like a piece of furniture. Um, so I am having to be slightly more creative about ways to um, still see my checklist. So this is one of the things about the nature of having a routine, it, which is good, is that it becomes unconscious. But obviously at certain points in that routine, if you need something to be conscious, you've got to have a way of bringing it into the forefront of your attention so that you actually see it. Mm, yes, exactly. So you talk about being quite sort of techie. Are, are there any other apps or tools mm. that, that you use regularly that you'd recommend people check out? On the fitness side, I there are a couple. I use I use a Fitbit. I've had a Fitbit for several years, um, and I I find it reasonably accurate. Um, I quite like the app that goes with it. I've got a number of friends who also use it, and that's I'm not particularly competitive with it, but I quite like the oh Julia's done seventy two thousand steps over the last week. I need to go out and walk around the block, and then I'll be pretty much on a par. So I quite like that aspect of it, and if I'm particularly wanting to focus on my health, it gives me all of the ability to track things like um, weight and blood pressure and whatever else, so I like all that together. But also I've recently been using, um, again in this effort to improve levels of activity, an app that actually I sponsored about three or four years ago on Kickstarter, it was the first Kickstarter that I ever contributed to, um, and at the time it wasn't because I was a runner and it's a running app, it was just because I absolutely loved the premise of it, which was um, a running app that was uh, around a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Only you! <laughs> and, but I just, I love it, so you, you're running from zombies and because it gives you sprints because all of a sudden these zombies appear and you've got a whole game thing around collecting stuff for the township because everybody's holed up, um, obviously in part of a township, holding all these zombies <laughs> off, so you are runner five. Um, and I just, I loved it, so I sponsored it on Kickstarter and then a couple of years later they actually brought out uh, a couch to 5k to get people into running and that's what I'm using at the moment, so it's a slightly simplified version of the original app but there are still zombies and this whole setup and I just, it makes me laugh every time I do it I think it's wonderful <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that'll ever get recommended again by anybody else I think that uh, sounds so funny so cool <laughs> brilliant so what about keeping healthy relaxing we've talked a bit already about sort of um, your diet and, and exercise and so on are there other things that, that you're doing that that you could share with us that might be useful for other people or things that haven't worked or I think you talked um when we were preparing about your way of making sure things happen in your life, you've got some uh, sort of routine rules, if you like, or, or, or something you mentioned. So oh, perhaps yes, you can talk a bit about yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are the three R's, if you like. So um, routines, rules, and rituals. And then there's another R, which is me, because I'm a rebel. So rules are absolutely anathema to me. I just, uh, you know, if I think that I should be doing something, even if I think I should be doing something, I will immediately want to rebel against that. Never mind if somebody else thinks I should be doing something, which because I will completely rebel against it. So um, I, I'm quite careful these days about how I think about the things that I want to do and that I don't put them to myself in a language which makes me then want to not do them. And routines are great because if I can just get them into my subconscious, I then, you know, it's fine. If they make my day run better, that's all good. And that's more around sort of automating and making sure that 
things are where I need them to be and, and all of that sort of good stuff. Um, and putting things, simple things like putting my keys back in the same place every time I put them down because it's amazing how annoying that can be when you can't find your keys. And if you've just got a routine of when I come in, this is where I always put my keys. You know, great, everything runs more smoothly. Mm. But the, the the thing I do on the positive side to try and reinforce things that I have chosen to do um, and that, so that I don't rebel against them is I tend to make them into rituals. And I, I quite like the the sense of, of presence and consciousness and specialness about making something into a into a ritual. And that's sort of how I feel about my glass of water in the morning with my lemon juice and everything else. And it's yeah, it's it's like the pleasure of making a really good gin and tonic when you've gone out and you've got the limes and you just think about that lovely feeling as you're cutting into a fresh lime and the smell of it and you've got gin and you've got the clink of ice cubes and, and it's that, it's making something special. Do you know, we're, so we're recording this at 9.30 in the morning, aren't we? And I'm quite fancying a gin and tonic now you've said that. <laughs> yeah, that introducing that element of something something special. And and I do that sometimes with meditation as well. If I have got the chance to meditate at home, um, I've got a little a little tiny box of, of it's my meditation box. Um, and it's got some really lovely rose-smelling incense cones so I light one of those and it's got a postcard in the top of the box with a really beautiful picture that a postcard of a view that I really love and it's just got little special things in the box and so it just becomes a, a really really nice thing to do then rather than oh god I've got to do my meditation and then feeling really really annoyed about it and not doing it because I'm rebelling against it it becomes a special thing um, and I'm far far more likely to do it in that case. Yeah, I think that's really interesting and really helpful. And we we were saying that we've you recommended a book to me that um, I'm halfway through mm. by um, Gretchen Rubin. I can't think what it's called now. What's it called? Can't um, is it called making Make yourself better? Making yourself better? Something like that. And the I first one was called the Happiness Project, and and the second one is is about habits and how we form habits and how all of that works yes and I was saying I found it really interesting and I'll, I'll be sort of doing some work um, around some of the sort of content at, with, with it and sharing it on the blog and so on because she sort of identified uh, different types of people and, and it's really interesting as you read it through to think ah oh, you know am I one of those or am I one of those and, and yeah. when you talk about being a rebel that was one of her four types of people when it, yes. it relates to getting things done and it's I think I think it's really interesting to hear that you're so aware of your own sabotage if you like self-sabotage so you you mm. create processes and systems to stop that that happening I think that's a real yeah. key point for everybody definitely and I mean that's that's relatively recent in my life and it, it was a, it was a proper light bulb moment of oh that's why I always feel like I'm fighting myself <laughs> <laughs> I just found it is better than before mastering the habits of our everyday lives Gretchen Rubin so so what do you do to learn and improve yourself and 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 sort of move things forwards clearly you do a lot of that mm -hmm. I can tell from the things that you're sharing with us what what how do you do that I, I do and I mean for anybody who's uh, familiar with Gallup and StrengthsFinder Learning, exploration, curiosity, uh, all of that is right at the top for me. So I am, I, I, one of my personal values is, is curiosity. And I do, I, I love to learn. I'll very often, my first response to anything unknown is to go and buy a book, um, because I do enjoy a book. And uh, I will quite often read extensively around a subject when I've got a particular thing in mind. I, I like to know everything about that particular topic. 
but also I, I enjoy connecting with people about things as well so it's not only a process of learning for myself it's a process of finding out what other people think uh, and, and being I, I would hope quite open-minded so uh, I think that there are very few absolute truths in this world and that you know people we all see things differently through just our perception and our experience will bring a different point of view to a particular situation um, and neither of those things are right or wrong they're just simply how we see the world uh, and so that's how I, I tend to approach things is yet yeah, go and learn what I can possibly learn but then talk to people to understand what thinking is going on around here um, and, and I also think that I'm always open to to that learning and to thinking that something's never finished. Our thinking is never finished. Things always move on. So you might think, yeah, okay, I've got a handle on that situation or that topic or that subject. So these things are not static. They are always, always moving. And I find that really exciting. Mm-hmm. And so what um, books would you recommend? You, you talk about that being a real key part of your learning. Are there, are there any particular books that mm-hmm. uh, you think our listeners um, would really um, benefit from investigating? Um, well, certainly uh, Gretchen Rubin, I think, is, is excellent. Both books uh, are well worth a read, The Happiness Project and Better Than Before. I'm currently reading one at the moment talking about um, the sort of slightly deeper side of understanding who we are and what we want out of life itself. And he talks very powerfully, and The Road to Character, it's called, um, and I've gone and tried to download it now, and now I can't see the chap's name, David something. And and it talks about our life is, is so governed these days by rating. You know, we trip advisor and Amazon, we rate everything, and for any of us in work, we tend to be rated at work as well in some sort of performance management way. Uh, and he's talking about well, that's all very well on a superficial level, and we talk about success in our lives and jobs as being around money and status and all of that sort of thing. And that, that's that's very common. But as I've got older, I'm sort of starting to look more inside myself and say, well I want to do I want to do work with meaning and I want to be growing myself so that I am the person when somebody is speaking at my funeral, it's it's not my work achievements that they're talking about. It's the fact that hopefully I I was I was wise and I was able to to help other people and I was able to be very much a part of the world, not just an observer. And um, David Brooks, his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would certainly recommend that one to to anybody who's looking at personal development and improvement, working on that deeper side of you that is is so so easy in the hurly burly of you know having a family and keeping a job and all the rest of it. It's so easy to actually let that slightly deeper bit go, um, and then you know wake up twenty years down the line and think, well, well, what am I? Who am I? How do I contribute to the world? And mm-hmm. um, so just starting to think about that now, really. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's books. We haven't sort of mentioned films or uh, or music particularly, although obviously as a Morris dancer, I guess music is important to you. So are there any other, you know, films or music or, or something that you would recommend for people? Um, the, the absolute delight of live music, whether you play or whether you're listening, whatever it is, it's something I couldn't do without. Um, and certainly as a family, we're pretty musical um, right the way back through. My parents, um, but certainly my partner John and the two boys, 
Gant plays, John plays, um, Tom used to play trombone, I, I flirt with all sorts of musical instruments, but I'm obviously the rebel side of me doesn't like practicing. Um, <laughs> but we <laughs> like playing live with other people is an absolutely amazing experience. Uh, but even being in the audience and watching a great band um, absolutely lifts me, inspires me, all of that sort of thing. And I, I like a huge range of music uh, from choral and classical right the way through to big hair 80s rock and Def Leppard. So, yeah, I, music absolutely, in whatever form, um, I think is, is a huge influence for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I love music generally, as you say, with a particularly eclectic interest as well, as uh, as people who know me will know. So, um, yeah, I completely get that. So um, what about when all this doesn't work? Because to me, I, I think, wow, you sound like you've got it really sussed. Um, I'm sure there are days where it doesn't quite work and you don't feel quite so energised and calm and everything else. So, when, you know, when does it go wrong? What happens? How do you deal with it? Yeah, it, it goes wrong all the time, obviously. I mean, it's it's rare that, that a day ever runs to plan. And mostly, I'm, I'm able to deal with it because I'm fairly flexible anyway. So I don't have a plan that is so rigid that I then get upset that it's um, not, not being followed. Something that does annoy me, and that I try and work on being less annoyed, is being late. I hate being late. I like really really dislike it and obviously doing a lot of train travel I've had to try and get used to the fact that unfortunately sometimes train travel will make me late um, so that's just it's something to be aware of of, of how I personally react to things but mostly, and how, can I just ask as well on sorry oh just interrupting there can I just ask with that how that sits with the rebel bit because clearly there's there's a sort of mechanism going on in your in your brain about probably not letting people down or it being an external thing or something which means that that's different to how you've described yourself up to now as far as the sort of rebellion mm. bit of things well you see the thing about a rebel joe is we're never consistent obviously <laughs> <laughs> there are always going to be things that, that come from a, a different place really and actually I don't know where my my being late thing comes from um, but my my feeling about it is that, that it's disrespectful um, and, and it inconveniences other people and absolutely that's not a, a sort of traditional rebel thing um, but oddly I don't I don't feel that way about myself so if somebody else is late to meet with me and particularly if it's due to um, travel problems or whatever, I don't assume that they are being disrespectful. So it is purely something that I apply to myself internally and therefore it's probably something deeply rooted in my childhood somewhere, for which I can blame my mother. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so how do you deal with the things that, that don't that don't go right? Um, going back to the original question before I interrupted you. <laughs> Ideally, I think with grace, and, and grace is a word that, that I aspire to, it's like wisdom. You know, if I'm thinking about what I would like somebody to say about me at my funeral, um, it would be that, you know, she was she was able to live with, with grace. Um, and so, you know, not descending to oh, tears and frustration and stomping and getting crabby with everybody around me because things aren't going as I'd intended them to be, but just being able to say, I accept the world as it is, this is what's happening now, let's deal with what's happening now um, and not worry about the fact that it's gone wrong and isn't what I planned it to be, it is what it is. 
Mm. And, and people say it is what it is. I think sometimes when they want you to accept something um, perhaps less than ideal. But it's actually it's a really good phrase to use. And if you just concentrate on dealing with the here and now, um, in general, I find that things will, will be a lot calmer. And it's that whole sort of reset thing, isn't it? That, you know, tomorrow's another day. So, you know, it might be all a nightmare today, but tomorrow you could get back on the, you know, glass of water and the calming walk by the river and that sort of thing. Right. Um, it's Absolutely. A different day. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Gretchen Rubin book's very good on that, um, about making mm. that point. Yeah. So to finish on a positive, so on a day when mm-hmm. you end the day, knowing that you've had the chance to live more, uh, so, you know, you've had all that um, time to do the things that you want to do and, and you've done the routines that, that make you happy and, and, and that sort of thing. You know, what have you done? What's, the, what's one of those really good days where you finish the day knowing you've lived more? Um, I, I, I will have felt a real sense of presence in the world again. Um, I won't have been sat or rather stood currently at my cool new standing desk. Oh, you're just um, showing off now. I'm sitting down. I, I need know, to stand up now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I've put my standing, next, standing desk next to an armchair and the number of times I keep finding myself having sat down without realising it is untrue. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, it's that thing of connectedness. So not only online but but in person i've i've done something during the day whether it's get out for a walk talk to strangers in the street talk to people on trains you know had a great interaction with my son been to morris dancing whatever it is something that roots me in the reality of just being a human being on this planet and that's that's what i like brilliant answer that's so cool well I've really enjoyed speaking to you today, Cathy. Some really good uh, ideas, thoughts, um, apps, tools, and and just some really good sort of life lessons in there. I think that uh, I'm sure people listening will will have you know lots to to take out from the interview. So really, really appreciate you joining us today. My pleasure. How can people find out more about Engage for Success and get in touch with you? Oh, it was my pleasure to chat, Joe. And people can get in touch. They can find me on Twitter at Kathy AB or via CapabilityBrown.com. And if people want to check out Engage for Success, they can go and have a look at EngageForSuccess.org. Great, thank you. Attention, home-based coaches and consultants. Are you tired of feeling alone, isolated, and frustrated with running your home-based coaching or consulting business? Are you sick of feeling like your life would be better and you'd be happier if you felt more organised and productive? Do you feel like there's simply not enough time in a day to get all the things done that you need to do to build a successful business while making time to live more? It's time to stop the isolation and start getting more organised, productive and focused on the skills that will move the needle forward. It's time to join the Power to Live More Calm membership. If you're ready to, Stop creating the wheel and focus on the things that truly matter in your life and business. Learn what you need to know to be successful and live more. Get accountability help from a group of like-minded home-based business owners. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm membership program and apply, visit powertolivemore.com slash get calm. Use your power to live more. 